0: Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us. Use the uh, Diocesan Twitter handle, SFDiocese with the hashtag ignition. Again, SFDiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag ignition, and that will get your tweet right to us, to our chief tweeter, Tim. See? See? Tim's our uh, engineer. See how I did that? T- anyway. So, I don't have Father Andrew Dickinson sitting across from me as normal. Uh, I have... Um, one of my regular guest co-hosts, but it's been a while.
1: It has been a while.
0: Who are you?
1: I, <laughs> who shall I be today? <laughs> I, be?
0: I can make up Which my personality name. <laughs> do you want?
1: Uh, I am Renee Leach.
0: So Renee Leach, um, we should probably identify ourselves a little bit more in case somebody's tuning into Ignition for the first time um, on the radio or, or the or by podcast. And who the heck are Chris Bergwald and Renee Leach? So I'll go first, and you can think about who you are today.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. More importantly, um, I am a husband of 17 years uh, to Jermaine and father to our five wonderful beautiful, angelic, cherub-like children.
1: No prejudice there. (laughs) I am Renee Leach. I'm an average Catholic woman who happens to work for the Diocese of Sioux Falls in the Human Resources Office, and I am a convert to Catholicism. I am married, and I have two adult children, and my first grandbaby is Coming in November.
0: Coming very soon. Yes, we're to, very excited. a uh, home near you. Yes, you are, uh, which is a beautiful thing. So um, what Renee and I are going to be talking about today is uh, I know that she's she meets regularly with a group of people, um, and that, and they're reading through a book. And Renee, several times, because again, we, we work in the same building, so we'll have conversations on occasion, and she uh, has been very excited about this particular book Um that that they've been reading. Um, I'm really excited about it because I recommended it to her, but I haven't read it myself.
1: How can you make a recommendation for a book you've never read? <laughs> because
0: a priest recommended it to me, oh, and okay. I trust him implicitly. Okay. Uh, so, so I feel better about that now. <laughs> Don't you trust me, Renee? No.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> fair enough. So uh, th- the book is... Um, Uh, My Other Self by Clarence Ensler. Um, And it's a few decades old, actually, uh, but it's sort of a modern spiritual classic. Uh, So I've heard. (laughs) So why don't you, my dear friend and illustrious guest co-host, tell us a little bit more about... the background of the book, and so it's based on, on in your reading this far, but then what I wanted to spend most of the, the time today doing is just unpacking some of the nuggets. Because again, you when you and I have talked about the book, um, you've just, oh my gosh, like, and I know, I know that there are pages that are all marked up with hearts and other cutesy little things.
1: <laughs> because I write in my books. Yes,
0: because you write it in your books. Uh, um, but things that have struck you. But just let's start with the background a little bit based on your understanding of the author and that sort of thing.
1: What? What I love about this is that this is written by a average Catholic man. Um, he did eventually become a deacon and and worked in a very large parish. But he's a, a husband and a dad to a bunch of kids. And um, this is his—and um, it's 50 years old, so it's a classic. It's old. Um, but there there's a book out there right now that a lot of my friends are reading— um, called "Jesus Calling" by Sarah Young, and it's written in the format of where Jesus is speaking personally to you through the words through this Sarah Young, and um, it, it's not Catholic. It's a very it's a very spiritual book, um, but it's not Catholic. And and for me personally, I try to find Catholic authors, things that are are Catholic, so that the true full meaning of the Church is continues in the writings and that's what I'm feeding myself with our our true Catholic resources. And uh, Chris happened to mention this one to me and what struck me about it is it's written in the same format of Christ speaking to you right. and it's and what struck me it's 50 years old right And so it's, you know, he came up with it first, maybe is what okay. struck me, and, and maybe that's not fair. And and because I'm a convert, I do a lot of comparison, but I I love the fact that he, um. But it's a conversation that you have. It's an easy read. It's short, um, but it's profound. It's not something that you can just sit down and read all in one bunch. Um, you, you have to chew on it.
0: So, uh, with regard to the format, um, it is it, it's actually an ancient, centuries old approach to writing a spiritual work of of where the author writes it as if they are Jesus and, and they pray about it. So they're hopefully being true to him. Um one of probably the most famous one that I know of um there's there's uh and this goes back to I think the 15th century give or take so I think it's even before um just thinking of church history before the Protestant Reformation The Imitation of Christ. Have you ever yeah. heard of that book yes okay, okay. yes um so same sort of thing where it's written um to you but this one
1: this is more contemporary exactly and it's it's easier to understand and while it's thought-provoking and um and it's going to pull you deeper into a into a spiritual journey and into a deeper prayer life it's I'm just an average Catholic woman, and it's written in a way that I can understand. Right.
0: And I think there's something to that too, because so again, even though that that format for a spiritual uh, uh, book text for a spiritual reading, uh, maybe centuries old, sometimes when they are when you're reading one that's centuries old, uh, it sounds like maybe your experience similar to mine with the imitation of Christ, just the language and the way he expresses things things, Thomas Akempis um, it makes it a little bit harder, where something that's written, frankly, just closer to our time is a little bit easier. To. Correct. Uh, just briefly, Renee, the idea of spiritual reading. So it's not a new idea for you. Um, why, why do you do it? Why do you read? So this is something obviously written by, it's not divinely inspired the way scripture is. What What's the value in spiritual reading in general, do you think?
1: For me, it broadens my understanding of of what the church teaches and what Jesus is asking us to do. And it gives me another perspective of, you know, you can look at scripture and, um, sometimes, sometimes it's hard for me to find how does that apply to me today? Right. And how am I supposed to use that in my everyday life? And and so sometimes it's, for me, it's a struggle and I have to reach for it where, um, what I love about the spiritual readings is it's, it's, it's all based on that, but it gives you a perspective that you can apply it to where you are today and and it's it might be somebody else's perspective, but it broadens it broadens how I'm thinking about it and in different scenarios that it can apply to
0: that makes sense and I think it's important for uh you the listener to Understand. Maybe this is an idea that idea that's already familiar to you, but spiritual reading the the the, the term spiritual reading or the idea of spiritual reading is different from um, reading to grow an understanding of the faith. Correct. So, so how would you if somebody asked you? Actually, I'll go first. Then you give. Yeah, your, that would be right. good. So, so the way that I explain the distinction is um, spiritual reading is is, is aimed more towards helping me in my prayer life, in my relationship with God in a more direct way. Uh, Certainly growing in my understanding of the faith can help me in my relationship with God because I know him better. I know about him more, the more I understand my faith. But when, when I'm reading for spiritual reading, it's a little bit more to, okay, in my relationship with him, um, how do I relate with him in prayer? How do I talk with him in prayer?
1: And, and for me, what spiritual reading does for me personally is one of the things that, um, that for me, um, you have this divine being who's big and God, and God and creator of the universe, and that's sometimes intimidating for me. Right. So for me, what spiritual reading does is it helps me find the humanness of him and and what God is like and his nature. Right. And, um, it pulls me into a, a deeper loving relationship with him because it helps me to see how he loves me. Right. In a way that I can understand.
0: Right. Okay. So, um, this being a contemporary, already classic though, as you said, fifty years old, close enough to our time where we can understand it, but still it's been around long enough that it's become a classic. In fact, the 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 edition of it, the printed edition that you and I have it um, have of it, at the top talks about as a rediscovered classic, which just uh, to me was really a, a beautiful way of putting it. So um, that's sort of the background and the context. Again, Clarence Enzler is the author, E N Z L E R. Um, Getting into the content a little bit. Now, I know I want to be upfront. Um, again, I haven't read it at all. <laughs> you have not finished it. I'm not
1: done. Yeah, we are where there's a group of us that meet once a week and we are taking it bite by bite.
0: Right, right. So to be clear to the listener, we don't know how the story ends, if you will. Uh, but I know there's been enough in 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 the the parts of it that you have read that I was really excited to hear more about it. And I think that... that Listeners to Ignition would be interested in as well. And so, before we get into the t- into that, um, if you if you're just tuning in, uh, this is Ignition uh, broadcast for the new evangelization. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and uh, in 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 place of my normal co-host, Father Andrew Dickinson, we have here Renee Leach. Just once more, Renee. stuck with me. Who are you again? Uh, somebody's just tuned in.
1: I am Renee Leach, average Catholic woman. I'm just going to keep throwing that out That's there. That's right. Um, and Somebody who likes to argue with Dr. Bergwald happened to work <laughs> true for the story. Di- true story. Happened to work for the diocese in the human resources office,
0: and somebody deeply in love with Jesus Christ and His Bride, the Church,
1: very much so. Amen. Very much.
0: So. Uh, I am Chris Bergwald, director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese, and husband and father as well. So we're talking about the the modern spiritual classic, My Other Self: Conversations with Christ on living your faith actually Renee, let's just talk briefly about the subtitle before we i know we promised uh just before that little like who are we um interruption um that we get into the content we will but but uh, i'm just struck as i was reading the subtitle by clarence ensler um my other self conversations with christ on living your faith um I think I could spend actually a long time talking about the subtitle, but I'm not going to take too much time. Conversations on Jesus with Christ Christ and living your faith. Uh, I think that's something that's really important in our day and age for people to reflect on how their faith is not just something they believe, but it's supposed to be a way of life and therefore something that you live.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, Say more about that in your own
1: There's there's a priest in the diocese, um one of my fa- they're all my faves. I can't say that I have a favorite because I know them all. It's like
0: your children, it, right? they are like the yeah. <laughs> kids.
1: Um but if we are truly living our faith what Jesus has asked us to do, then it should change the way we do everything. Right. We should cut a cucumber differently. Right. We should um speak to our children differently than a non-believer. We should um, approach a stoplight, or, or an angry child, or a disgruntled coworker, or everything that we do should be re- we should be a reflection of Jesus Christ in every action, every moment of every day.
0: Amen. So, let's talk now about the content of this book, My Other Self. Okay. Uh, and I, again, as I mentioned earlier, I, I'm just interested. I know a number of things in, in the portion of it that you have read thus far have really struck you. So if if you want to go page by page, if you want to jump around, I, I don't really care. It's up to you. I want to hear some of the things that have struck you, why they've struck you. And then we'll maybe talk a little bit about them as, as we go.
1: And again, this book kind of just unpacks a whole lot of things and it's so deep and it's so, um, it's so to me. It's so profound, and I th- I'm going to. I want to start here. Is is a lot of times we think that um, the disciples had it so much easier than we do because, and that's what this. This is how this book starts. Is that we feel we are, we are sitting here thinking that the disciples had it so much easier because they actually got to touch Jesus and they got to dine with him and they got to be around him and they got to see his personality and and get to know him uh, in a very personal way. And what the author of this book um, says is that what we forget is that when the disciples and the apostles first encountered Christ, they encountered him as a man. And they had to have the same journey that we do today, a journey of faith, before they could see him as the Messiah. That didn't come right away. Okay. And the book explains how we actually are more blessed than the apostles and the disciples were because we have the the opportunity through our faith, through our church, to... Dine with him every day, Ooh. and he is more alive to us because when we receive the Eucharist, he actually enters into us um, through our faith, which we are actually getting to spend more time with him now than they did. Ooh. They had three years with him. We have we have our lifetime eternity, right? We have eternity, right? I mean, they do too, but but you know when you think about. um and maybe it's just me, the wistful thinking. This would be so much easier. It would be so much easier to live my faith if Jesus was standing right, right next to me. Right. And the reality of it is Jesus is standing right next to me.
0: So then we should connect a dot just in case somebody's maybe um, not familiar with the terminology used. You said we can dine with Jesus every day. What Just be explicit there. What are, we, what are you referring to?
1: We dine with Jesus by celebrating mass, daily mass or or weekly mass um, because at the Last Supper, he instituted um, the Eucharist, and that's a meal.
0: Yep, um, a sacrificial meal. A sacrificial meal. Something you and I both <laughs> talked about a lot in other contexts. Yes. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so, so we. Have, so so the point there is that while on the one hand we might think boy, it'd be nice as you as you were just saying if Jesus were um literally standing right beside me, there are so many when, when in the sacraments, in particular in the Eucharist, which we celebrate in the mass, he is there truly there physically present to us, right that that's that's the point that Ensler's making. Correct. okay. Correct. So um I, I you know I, I, I do I, I'm glad he makes that point because I think it's it's one that I, as you were saying, it's one that I think a lot of, about a lot. There are times literally when I'm in prayer, and and we're just having an honest conversation, um, and may, maybe I'm being particularly honest, and I express my, uh, I don't know what's quite frustration, but for lack of a better word right now, my frustration at the fact that I can't talk to him the same way I'm talking to you. And he'll push me. And if if, 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 if you've prayed, I think you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, when we're praying, sometimes the Lord will, will speak quietly speak to us in our hearts. So I know where I know it's not my, I'm not having a conversation with myself. I can recognize the fact that the Lord is just in, in a very subtle way um, responding to me in my heart. Renee, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Okay, I do. So I'm not crazy in saying that, right? No, you're okay. not. At least not that way. Um, that's one of the things that I say to us, I just wish you were sitting right here beside me. And he, But why? What, what what could you say to me then that you can't say to me now when I'm here present to you just spiritually in prayer, but in a particular way um, in the Eucharist? So I do think that's a really helpful thing to to get me to stop and think
1: about. And I, and I think that's what's so pro- profound to me about this book and why this book has just opened so many doors for me and so many eyes to me. Just, and I'm not explaining myself very well, but referring to my other self, my other self is me. I am another Christ. Ooh. That's, and it took me like four chapters into the book before I figured that out, my other self. I am Christ's other self Hmm. because he is with me. There isn't a breath that I take that he hasn't orchestrated. Right. There isn't a step that I take that he hasn't orchestrated. I am held alive on this planet, in this moment in time, because he wills it so. Right. And if he didn't will it, I wouldn't be you here. You wouldn't
0: exist. Right. Right.
1: And, huh. so, and so, each moment of each day, with each person that comes before me, is an encounter with Christ, because you the, are another Christ. Right. And everyone you meet is another Christ. And so, when I am responding to something to, that you say... I am actually responding to Christ when I am responding to, when I am seeing something outside, I'm, I'm, I like to look for God in the little things outside. Nature is, is one of God's greatest gifts. That's God being present to me. If a butterfly flies past or a squirrel jumps out in my path or, or there, this, the sunrise this morning was incredible. That's God being present to me in my day because none of that happens without his will
0: apart from it, right cool see i knew the okay what, what's next
1: <laughs> what's next okay um the other thing that um i am a joy seeker yep and uh what does that mean a joy seeker uh Brandy, what does that mean the joy seeker a joy seeker <laughs> there is um J- jesus god desires for us to have life and to ha- have it abundantly. He, right. he desires for us to be happy. Um, and, that, and that's one of the lines ex- exactly on page seven of, of this book. My greatest desire is that you be happy. He wants for us t- to have joy. It would be more impossible for me not to want you to be happy than for you not to want to eat when you are hungry. Hmm. And so you think about that is the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe, his greatest desire... Is that I'm happy? Mm-hmm. That's that's what he wants for me, and so when, but in order for us to have that, we have to accept his will. And so when we are unhappy and we when we do not have joy, um, what I'm learning in my life is it's probably because I'm not doing what God is asking me to do. Right. And and joy isn't being happy all the time and giddy and and it's
0: that's, not an emo- that's not it's not emotion. It's not an emotion.
1: Yep. Uh, joy is a knowing that regardless of what is placed before me, God is in it. Right. And I'm not alone. Right. And it's for, it's for it's for my good.
0: Even though it might be difficult.
1: Even though it might stink. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's still for your good it's
1: still for my good
0: okay uh why does okay so going back to what he he just says there on page seven about how his desire for you is your happiness why did that strike you so much and why do you think it's important for people today
1: because life is hard and i i'm one i have a chronic disease that involves pain and fatigue um and You know, you could become bitter. right? If you want me to be happy, why am I tired and why do I hurt all the time? Um, And yet, I'm told through scripture and through spiritual readings that God desires for me to be happy. Um, God desires for me to experience joy. So then you kind of have to look, you have to change your thinking Mm -hmm. about how you're looking at things that approach you and what you are dealing with. Can you find joy? In the midst of suffering.
0: Right. And?
1: And I'm here to tell you, you can.
0: So I think I I want to be explicit in this. Yes. You're somebody who, as you said, has a chronic disease. So you're regularly either in fatigue and or pain. And yet, as you just said, you are here to tell us that it's possible to find joy in the midst of that.
1: I am. I, I, I'm not saying it's always easy. Right. Um, and some days are easier than others, right. um, but there is always, always something to be thankful for. And if you look hard enough, God's in it.
0: So the one, uh, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's you who's used this phrase and many people use this phrase, but I, I would imagine that part of why, how you find joy in that is because of a recognition, um, not always as deep as you might like it to be, but that he's got this, that he does love you and he cares for you, he desires your happiness. So even though he's allowing you to experience this, he's still caring for you and walking with you, frankly, carrying you
1: Exactly, and one of the things that we get in the habit of doing is saying, why?
0: Yeah.
1: Why is this so hard? Why is this so painful? Why is this such a challenge? And um, what we have to remember is that God wastes nothing. right? And that though we may not see it, there is a purpose. And God is using it for my good, and not only for my good, but the good for, of those around him, or around me, and for his glory. So if if my hurting causes one person to pray for me that day,
0: mm. that
1: person spent three minutes in prayer to to God that they may not have, right. and it drew them great closer example. to God. It's a great example. Um, if watching me have a hard time opening up a jar compels somebody around me to have compassion and mercy and open up uh the jar for me or to help me out um that's drawing them closer to Christ that's helping them to be the other Christ
0: they you've given they have an option they have the opportunity there to serve you in love Ex- and in so doing because you are Jesus's other self I'm Jesus. one of many
1: so he so their service they're, they're serving, serving Jesus right mm-hmm. and vice versa vice for versa. you
0: you letting them <laughs> help joyfully you,
1: and not be crabby.
0: Uh you are recognizing and growing closer to Christ present to you by, through them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so we have like a minute and a half left.
1: <laughs> and we got to page seven yeah, of the
0: book. So I think there were two little nuggets in there. Is there any so maybe maybe the best way rather uh than trying to briefly tackle a third a nugget is is just So again, in light of what you've read so far, why would you recommend this book to somebody?
1: I would recommend this book because Jesus desires us to be close to him and to serve as his other self. And we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's not just a cliche Mm. saying it's, Mm. it's something that's doable and it's something that we're expected to do. And this book, um gives a very concrete examples of how we can do that.
0: And in case somebody didn't listen at the beginning, um it's it's very readable. So talk about it, its readability.
1: It's very it's it's written in a contemporary way, it's short, um it's small chapters, it's easy to read but it's full of lots of juicy nuggets that you're going to want to pray over and and um chew on and take your time with.
0: And so, I think that's a great point. And another distinction, we talked at the beginning about the difference between um, spiritual reading and just reading to inform your faith. And you can do this with informing your faith as well, but spiritual reading oftentimes becomes fodder for something to pray on, to reflect on, to meditate on.
1: Exactly. Okay.
0: Um, My Other Self, Conversations with Christ on Living Your Faith by Clarence Ensler. Thank you, Renee.
1: You are very welcome.
0: And that wraps up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us using SF Diocese with the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening.